smooth. We're holding in Terakavav. So we just learned how David Amalekh and, and uh, Avishai went down to Shaul's camp, got into the camp, stole Shaul's uh, spear and his water, water jug, and they made it back safely out. There was a certain Tishmaya, because Baruch made sure that no one noticed and everyone was deeply asleep. So what happens? Vayav David Vayavir. David crosses, he came down to the mountain where he was, to the middle of the plateau where Shaul was. He goes across it again. He comes back up the mountain. For a distance, now there's a big distance between where David's top of the mountain and Shaul's camp is at the bottom. And we're holding in Pasuk, Pechavav, Pasuk, Yudalit. And now David's reached safety, so he says, Ayikra David al-Aam. So David now shouts down to the soldiers of Shaul, particularly to the general, saying, You're going to answer for this, Abner. So Abner gets woken up, but he blames David or the person who's calling, rather, in other words, why are you disturbing the king? The king was sleeping, why are you waking him up? So what does David say to him? So David says to Abner, the general, you think that you're like literally an important person. You consider yourself not to have an equal, like who's lacking casual, who is a general. And he says to him, Your job was to guard the king. That was your distinction. Why? Because, and why didn't you guard the king? A simple person came to try and could, to, and could have harmed the king, and you weren't there. I mean, your job was to guide him. Why did you do your job? It's not, it's not good what you've done. You deserve to die. In other words, you didn't fulfill your job. It's an interesting government doesn't address Shal at all. He directs his comments to Abner and says, Abner, you were deficient. You were derelict in your duty. Why did you guard the king? Look, where's the spear and where's the water jug which the king had next to his head? And obviously David showed it to them. And he says, look, you, you, I got into the camp and I was right next to Shaul. I could have, I could have harmed him. And uh, if, if that would have been the case, you would have been responsible because your job was to protect him. Now, why is David addressing Avner and not Shaul himself? So there's two points. Number one, David understood that, like we saw previously, it was Avner that convinced Shaul that the previous time David didn't actually cut his uh, corner of his clothing off, he must have torn in a sharp rock or something, and that's why it wasn't that David actually tried to save him. So now, there's nothing to say. Now David had taken the water carrier which was next to Shaul's head at night, how's he going to explain that? And that's why it says, Hello, Tanya Avner, and how are you going to answer now, Avner? Mm-hmm. Now, as what you said before, to turn Shaul against me, now what's your excuse this time here? That's his first point. The second point is, it seems that Abner was also guilty of convincing Shaul that David was an enemy. So now he says, look Abner, I was an enemy, you were the one, had I wanted to kill the king, you could even able to stop me. So you see, I'm not an enemy. And uh, lastly, it would make Shaul think that Abner isn't that uh, able to protect him. Because uh, you see that someone had managed to make his way into him right next to Shaul's head, take his water jug, and uh, Abner didn't do anything about it. And we see it, Abner doesn't answer, he's nothing to say. Uh, Abner doesn't respond to David. But Shaul recognizes David's voice, Shaul responds. Ayakir Shaul is called David. Shaul recognizes David. He's exactly the same thing the previous time around, the same words. 
איזה שווייס מעשה דוד? ויהיה מדוד כל יד עיני המלך, אז מה הווייס? So the first time, it's interesting, David didn't identify himself. He just shouts to Abner, look what Abner didn't call the king. And the child recognizes his voice and says, David, is that you? And he says, yes, it's me. And now David talks to Shaul. And he repeats what he said the last time. Okay. Why are you chasing after me? What have I done to harm you? And what bad have I got that you've tried to chase me? David repeated the same point he said the time before. But now he adds another point. He says, "Vata Yishman Adon Yemelech." The king should listen to the words of his servant. And he says an interesting thing: "Im Hashem Hesis Chobi." If Hakadosh Baruch Hu has turned you against me, then Yarach Mincha. You should accept the carbon from me. Mincha is a kind of a carbon. In other words, if I'm being punished by Hashem for what I've done wrong, and that's why Hashem has turned you against me. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu should accept the carbon, all the children, and Hashem should accept the children. But in B'nai Ha'adam, if it's people that turned against me, which means it wasn't necessarily an Oynish which I deserved, it was the result of what people did, then Arurahim Yifnei Hashem. They should be cursed by Hashem. Why? Because they've chased me today, may Histapech B'nachos Hashem, from being able to, may Histapech, where it means to connect. Or to, um, to, to join the Nachas Hashem, Leimar Leichavodim Achayim. They tell me to go and worship other gods. So that's a very harsh accusation that David's leveling against whoever it was that turned Hashem, that turned Shal against him. Because if Hashem is, was the one who convinced you to come against me, so then obviously I've done something wrong. and Hashem, Hashem should if it's people. Then they should be punished. Why should they be punished? Because they have chased me out from connecting to the Nachas Hashem. Now, what does he mean by that? In what way was David unable to connect to Nachas Hashem? That uh, he is blaming the people who turned child against him. And more than that, he says, as I said, go and worship other gods. Who would ever convince them to do that? So, what's he, what's he blaming those people who incited the child against him for having done? So, the simple chat is uh, what's brought here in the number of the and then as David said that the fact that I've conceded to keep uh, so to speak finding new pretexts or new reasons to chase me again is going uh, to make me leave Eretz Yisrael um, when I'm in the realm of your kingdom it's too dangerous to me because even though you forgive me then other people convince you to chase me again so it's uh, having to leave Eretz Yisrael is similar to having to being chased out of the Nachos Hashem that is that Yashurim will chase me out to be able to dwell or connect to the Nachas Hashem by having to leave Eretz Yisrael because as long as I'm in your territory I'm not going to be safe. That's the accusation that he makes. And he says, uh, what is the second part? like as if they said to me to go worship other gods. So what do you mean by that? It says like the way that the Matsuris and the Rataq explain it is as, he, as if. In other words, by chasing me out of Eretz Yisrael and having to now rely on the mercy of the, of the other nations, the other worshippers, as if they, they told me to worship other gods, even though it's very far from what we did. He didn't worship other gods. So why is there what he's blaming him for? And what it means is being under the dominion of people who accept other gods, so then I'm, I'm no longer, so to speak, completely under the dominion of, of uh, 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 as it is in Eretz Yisrael, of Hashem. Now I'm subject to 
people who idol worship, whichever country David was going to go to. In other words, David has a preempts Shaul because previously Shaul also told him, David, I, you know, I appreciate you saved my life. I'll, I'll forgive you, please. No, you don't have to be afraid of me. And so what Shaul's going to say again, but David preempts him and says to him that I know it's not going to help. And therefore, I have an option. I'm going to have to leave her to Shaul. And I'm blaming the people who turned you against me because probably they would turn Shaul against him again. That's what David was precious to. Now, there's a deep upshot here which rushes Baramis to. And that is why he's going to leave Eretz Yisrael considered to be serving other gods. There are already Chazal that says that. The person who leaves Eretz Yisrael to go to Chuzlaret is similar to serving idols. Why? What's so terrible about it? Why is such a severe punishment? So the answer is you have to answer a very very standard uh, 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 principle which we learned from Abraham Avinu. Abraham Avinu, he asks Hashem, Hashem, I'm not able to have children. And Hashem says to him, I promise you to have a child. And Abraham Avinu says, how do I know what I'm, what I'm going to inherit? And Hashem says, I'll give you a Yisrael. And Abraham says to Hashem, I mean, what happens if my children do have heirs and don't deserve a Yisrael? So Hashem says to him, they're not going to go us. And what's this, what's this dialogue? What's the discussion? What's going on? The Bala Machshav is playing like this. We know that when Akadish Baruch sets up the world, Akadish Baruch Hu, like we know, Bahan Khal Elion Goyim, Bafrida bin Yadam, Yatsev, Gurasam, and Misra bin Israel. Hashem set up the world with 70 nations. Every nation has its, its, its population, its people, and it has its place. Hashem divided the world into 70 countries, and He gave each nation its place, and more than that, he created a star, which means a spiritual angel, so to speak, in charge of each nation. Through that angel, the, the people and the place, they get whatever she wants to give, they come directly via that, the channel of an angel. Now, Abraham Venus says to Hashem, is, Hashem, now that I became a girl, I left every other nation and I founded the Klai Yisrael. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, I have no connection to any of the Shivimumas. I don't have a star. And if I don't have a side, then there's no way for me to have a child. Where's it going to come from? There isn't a channel connecting me to Shemayim. And Hashem says to Abraham Avinu, Abraham Avinu, I'm going to be the one. You don't need a side, you're going to get authority from me. And Abraham says to Hashem, Hashem, there's another point as well. The world's given to split up between the seven nations. Where am I going to be? Where's the room for me? Everything is under the domain of one of the numbers. And Hashem says to Abraham, Eretz Yisrael is not under a sign. Eretz Yisrael is Eini Hashem and Kechobba. Meresh is Hashem and Akhishana. Hashem himself is given to Eretz Yisrael. And he says, Abraham, you're perfect for Eretz Yisrael. Just like you don't have a sign, Eretz Yisrael doesn't have a sign. You'll get directly from Hashem, and Eretz Yisrael will as well. And Abraham says to Hashem, but to deserve that, you need to be on the level. What happens if my children sin? And they're no longer on the level that they that, that deserve to be given directly from Hashem. What's going to happen to them then? And Hashem's answer was, if that's the case, they're going to go Why? Because if they're now sitting in bubble, then they're going to get from the Sire of Bubble. So they don't have their own Sire, but being avodim to somebody else, so the Ebed will get their Echladon. And therefore, by being Mishabad to a different country, they'll get this from the Sire of that country. And that's why, as long as we're in Goddess, Kali Yisrael, we aren't able to get, we don't deserve to get directly from Hashem. Now we have to get via whichever country we're in Godison. We become under their sire as well. 
That's the concept of godless. And that's how we're doing the Mitzrayim. So the desire of Mitzrayim was, so to speak, responsible for us. And we went to bubble, and the desire of bubble was responsible for us. And so it's every other place we've been to. Then we don't become part of that nation, but we get via that side. That's what Dabar Amalek is saying here too. Dabar Amalek is saying that if I'm emanated to Israel, then I can get directly from Hashem. If I have to go to Chutzlaret, then I'm not getting from Hashem directly anymore. I'm getting from the star of whichever nation that is. Now, the nations worship their star. They, they thought that is the source of the, where they're getting their Hashbah from. So they used to worship that. It says, it's like making me go, making me leave to Israel that I'm not going to be able to get directly from Hashem anymore. I'm not going to have to go to Chutzlaret, wherever it's going to be, and get from the star of whichever nation it is. So now that's like making a lima kharim, making something else in between me and Hashem. It's the star where we're going to get from. Yeah. You asked the question. We find certain mitzvahs which are mitzvahs of clearest words. Why? The Jewish people are chayim and tarik mitzvahs wherever they are. Mm-hmm. So why if they're in a different country, aren't they chayim and those mitzvahs? The answer is any mitzvah has to go with hashpah. Which we see Hashem making things grow. So if it's in the so that's and we look, it's not for us. It's going to the Goyim, and from them it's coming to us. So if someone gives something to him, gives it to him, gives it to him, and comes to you, okay, you love that Mukhiyah, it wasn't what meant for you. But in Eretz Yisrael, then what grows here, Hashem said directly to us. That's Mukhiyah, us much more. It wasn't by the way of somebody else. This was Yashar to us. So then it's Mukhiyah, us. You have more of a car at the top. There's Bikurim, and there's Arla, and there's Fadash, all the mitzvahs which are planned in Eretz Yisrael, because. This Hashem gave us directly. This makes us much more mechuyah. And if a guy lives in Israel and grows crops, is that coming from the schools of Israel? Is it coming from wherever he was getting mm-hmm. it from? The Gemara argues about that. The Gemara argues if there's a Kenyan to a guy in Israel to mechuyah from from Israel, which means if the fact that the guy owns the land that's still considered Kaddish, or not. Now that it comes to a guy, if not. The Gemara has two opinions about that. So in Ashmita. What happened in Shushan? Shushan, we have Derech Hashverosh, as the Gemara says, from the beginning until the end. We were still getting from this Derech to the star of, of Paris. But uh, when uh, the Jews are. Uh, yeah. For sure, Hashem can do but every day, Nashbar, every day, where we're living from, where our food's coming from, that's coming from the side of the country. וכשיוסף there was a koch of Mitzrayim. It was a dream in Parah. That's the word from Parah. Because he was one of the dream. And that's, and that's what Yosef tells Parah. Parah should organize the food. And Parah should be in charge of the food. Parah gave it to Yosef. But it was a, the, the Hashpa'ah came to Mitzrayim. But what is the same idea over here. That uh, to go to... To, to be chased to go to Chutzlaret is considered the Lech Avodalei because now you're pushing me under Hashpah Vassar instead of being directly under Hashem. Now there's another point here also, very interesting Chazal, that the, the language that Abraham used was Imashem Hesis Chobi. 
if Hashem convinced, was the one who was my sister you to, to fight me, who, like, so to speak, seduced you to fight me, to chase me, so then, yeah, you should accept my children. You should accept the carbon. So, the Chazal say that Hashem was angry with somebody about that. And Hashem says to David, Mesis Karasari, you use the Russian that I'm a Mesis, that would make someone do something wrong. Right? So then, then, no. What was wrong with what David said? What David said was, if the, he was trying, so he was trying to show, I know this is not from you, because Shal already promised me he wouldn't chase him again. So he said, either it's because Hashem is convincing me to do it, in which case, okay, so obviously I'm, I need to be punished, I should get to Trevor, or it's people who are convincing you. But, uh, so what, was, what did David say wrong? The Lashon Mesis. In other words, the, even though David held that Shal was obviously wrong to chase him, but to say that Akadish Parachal, Kilo is convincing somebody to do the wrong thing, mm-hmm. one can't say. In other words, one can say is if Hashem gave you the idea, or if Hashem made you do it, that's one thing. But the last of Mesis is Kilo Hashem is making a person do it over That's the last of a Mesis, a person who convinces someone to do something wrong. And that's what Hashem, David, Hashem objected to. David's Mesis curiosity. You can't uh, say that Kilo Hashem makes a person do it over Okay, so that's. Uh, that's the 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 the, the, lesson, the message which David gives to Shaul. And he says, Vatal, you pull Dami Arta. You negate me Hashem. David said, I don't want to die. I don't deserve to die in front of Hashem. And that's what I'm going to do to Shaul. So, but me Hashem is narrated to Shaul. Now, Kiyotsi Menachusad Avakish is Parish Echad, Kashayir the Fakari Borm. This is what the Apostle said before as well. A car is a kind of a bird. And uh, just like a person who try and trace a bird in the mountains, uh, it's a futile activity. So he says that, so think, like, why is the king gone to try and perish as an insect? Why is the king trying to go and trace something insignificant in, around the mountains? Um, the, and what he wanted to say was that it's, it's not worthwhile for you and it's not anything you're going to gain from it. So, so, so it wasn't it was something which is the befitting of the, the king to come and chase him. I sinned again. I won't harm you again. Now you've shown again that my, my, my life is important to you. In other words, you didn't kill me when you put it. I was foolish and I've done a lot wrong. So it's interesting. Once again, Shaul sounds very contrite. Shaul says, I'm so sorry, David, I made the same mistake again. I see how wrong I was. I'll never do this again. Uh, I've sinned repeatedly. Now, the question is, uh, was Shaul being sincere? Was Shaul being sincere? And uh, he, he really was regretting what happened? Or, no, this is just, uh, he had nothing else to say. Because, well, what's he going to say? David had to save his life. One had given up the opportunity to punish him. So it's an interesting thing. And that is, this is a certain kapara for Shal. It's an amazing thing. We saw beforehand, what was Shal's biggest mistake? Shal's biggest mistake was, he didn't know how to back down. And when Shmuel comes to him and said, why didn't you listen to Hashem? Twice. The first time when he brought the carbon before Shal was ready. And Shmuel said, I told you to wait for me, why didn't you wait for me? And Shal doesn't apologize. Shal has a whole argument. Because I was scared, because we were running away, because I had to do it. And Shmuel doesn't say anything to him. And the second time, after Amalek, so Shmuel comes and says, why didn't you listen to Hashem? Why didn't you destroy Amalek? And Shal says, because I did. 
and the people wanted the things. And I only did this, and I wanted to bring Kabbalah, and I was going to the people. And each time Shmuel comes back, he says, Why did you listen to Hashem? And Shmuel can never just say the words, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And Chazal pointed out, that's why Shmuel lost the kingship. Had he, had he been done shiva, when Shmuel had been accosted by Shmuel, and he said, Khatasi, I was wrong, so then, then he would have given another chance. Hashem would have accepted the chair. But Shmuel couldn't do that. That was where, that was where, so to speak, the the, the, the mistake which about which he lost the Malchus. And now it's an amazing thing. Shell's forces did that show. And now both times, when David's the one to give him Muslim, why are you chasing me for nothing? Why are you trying to kill me when you see I have your best interest at heart? I'm sorry, Khatasi Shubin, Skalti Hamimoid. Here's Shell's, so to speak, doing the kapara for what he didn't do before. He's learned to say. Here's, here's, he came to that point. He has to he has to apologize, he has to admit he was wrong, he has to come to that level of being able to to be macabre the MS and to, to, to ask for forgiveness. And that's how this was a kapara for Shal also. Think he brought the whole Jewish army there. They're all waiting, they're all listening to how he's going to react. And you march as well get the case though, and what are you going to respond to? David, I'm sorry, I, I keep making the same mistake. This was this was bad than a kapara for Shal. Because Hashem forced him into a position where now you're going to apologize. Now you're going to do what you didn't do beforehand. Now you're going to be forced to do it, and for him it was a kapara too. That, that was the point of Bashal's point of view, for David's point of view. So, once again, he, he, he proved to Shal, I'm not, I'm, not I'm not trying to harm you. Once again, Shal gets the same point of feeling contrite and feeling that he was wrong to have chased and to try to harm David.